0: Thanks for joining us today here at etag.tv online we are glad to have you a part of our online campus to see what god uh, will do through this ministry in your life we encourage you to prepare your heart from a message from pastor gary as he preaches about the holy
1: spirit i am so thankful for what god is doing in this hour and i'm thankful for your partnership with the vision of taking this gospel uh, to people everywhere by your faithful support your prayers your giving Uh, Evangel Temple is able to make a difference in many lives in many places. I just want to encourage you to continue and thank you for being a blessing to our vision and what God's given to us to share this good news. Well, I want you to stay tuned, invite your friends and loved ones to be a part, and let's see what God has for us through this exciting series on the Holy Spirit. up we've got to have the rain we've got to have the fire of pentecost come on come on online campus slip your hands up we've got to have the fire of pentecost the fire of the holy ghost the wind of the spirit the rain of the spirit God in a wonderful atmosphere. Thank you for being here tonight. Remain standing for just a moment. Uh, I'd like to remind everyone that our Monday morning prayer meeting is open to everybody. My alarm clock will go off at four o'clock tomorrow morning. I get up and shower, dress, and come down, and we have a wonderful hour of prayer beginning at 5:30 up in the gymnasium. Well, tomorrow afternoon, the Veterans Association has asked that everyone have a moment of silence at three o'clock, stop whatever you're doing, pull over to the side of the road if you're driving, and turn the radio off, have a moment of silence in honor of those who have given their lives for the freedom that we're enjoying tonight. And so have a wonderful Memorial Day, a safe day. Everything, we need to pray for safety. So many things happen. People get drowned. People have automobile accidents and all kinds of things happen. So pray for safety on the Memorial Day holiday. So we hope you have a blessed day. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1. Tonight I want to preach to you about perpetuating Pentecost. Perpetuating Pentecost. We're not overdoing it reading this passage Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and again and again. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also He showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, Which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things which thou hast seen has been instructed. You may be seated. Luke, the beloved physician, wrote the book of Acts and the book of Luke. It seems that he dedicated, as he addressed both books, to Theophilus. We don't know a lot about Theophilus. We know that his name means lover of God, lover of God. And probably he was a Roman, a Gentile, and the title most excellent, probably means that he had people under him who respected him. He was a leader. Therefore, Luke is very impressed with this man and addresses these epistles to him. The same title, most excellent, means that he denoted something about this man that deserved recognition, most excellent. The apostle Paul used that term in addressing Felix in Acts uh, chapter 23. He also used the same term in addressing Festus in Acts chapter 26. And so the acts of the Holy Ghost through the apostles is the theme of this entire book of Acts. The acts of the Holy Ghost through the apostles. Your Bible probably says acts of the apostles, but it means the acts of the Holy Ghost through the apostles. In Luke, we find that Jesus commanded his disciples to wait and receive the promise of the Father. From Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. In John chapter 20 and verse 2, when he had said, said this, he breathed on them. He breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. My first point tonight is that Pentecost was a high priority to Jesus Christ. He wanted everybody to be a participant in Pentecost. He commanded his disciples, Don't leave to fulfill the Great Commission. Don't just charge out over the face of the earth until you have tarried in Jerusalem and received power from on high. You will not be successful, you will not achieve what I have sent you to do unless you get the power in your life by receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. The promise in Acts chapter one and verse five that Jesus Christ himself gave to the apostles, to his disciples, to his followers, to his own mother, and to the people who gathered in the upper room, Ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. I want you to understand something tonight. That promise is to you. Ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's not an exclusive gift to the early days of the church. That is for everyone. Ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Well, it was going to take place 10 days from the time that he told them that. In John chapter 14, Jesus mentioned the Holy Spirit's coming as a comforter to take his place because he was going back to heaven. So he explained to the disciples, beginning with verse 16 in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, I will pray the Father. Now Jesus said, I'm going to pray for you. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. If I gave you a $1 bill, and told you tomorrow I'm going to give you another, you wouldn't expect a quarter or a dime or nothing. You would expect another like the one that I said I'll give you another. And Jesus said, I will send you another comforter, even though I'm going back to heaven, and he will be with you forever. He abides with you forever. Then in verse 17, even the spirit of truth now we know who the Comforter is. He's the Spirit of truth, when the, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. You can stop and rejoice tonight because the Holy Ghost not only is around us and in this place, but he's inside of us. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his you have the Holy Spirit within you even before receiving the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit within them. But then the baptism is an experience like divine healing is an experience and sanctification is an experience. The baptism in the Holy Ghost to receive power to witness is an experience. Then he said in verse 18, John chapter 14, I will not leave you comfortless I'm not gonna leave you alone. I will come to you. And then in John 14, verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. I walked into a bookstore in Wichita, Kansas one time. I was courting my wife-to-be, and uh, she was working at the Board of Education, so to kill some time while while I was waiting for her to get off for lunch so we could go to lunch together. I walked into a bookstore. I didn't know it was a Christian science reading room. And as I began to look through the books, I put them right back in their place and discreetly began to walk out. And the lady at the desk said, did you find what you were looking for? I said, oh, no. I, I was looking for some books not written by this organization, but that conflicts with the Bible itself because they believed the comforter was Mary Baker Eddy. I said, my comforter is the Holy Ghost, not Mary, Baker or Eddie. <laughs> so in John 14, he said, the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That's a wonderful promise our Lord Jesus gave to his disciples. But he gave you that same promise, beloved, then in The 15th chapter of John, he said in verse 26, when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth that proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Two things he denoted, I'm going to send him, but he's coming as the promise of the Father. So the promise of the Father definitely was the arrival of the Holy Ghost for the believers. In John chapter 16, verse seven, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you, necessary for you, that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. Beloved, when Jesus Christ made it back to heaven, he sent the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, we can rejoice tonight because we know that Jesus is not lost in space. He said, when I get back to heaven, I will send the Holy Ghost. It's expedient that I go back to my Father because if I don't go, he won't come. He did come, and that guarantees us that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for us according to what our needs are. So thank God for Pentecost. It guarantees us that Jesus Christ is our high priest in heaven today. He said, it's expedient that I go away, because if I don't go away, he won't come. Then in John chapter 16, verse 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. I believe that Pentecostals should work diligently not to glorify their organization, not to glorify themselves, not to even glorify the Holy Spirit above Jesus Christ. When the Holy Ghost comes, he will lift up Jesus as the Son of God, the one who died on the cross, the one who was resurrected from the dead, the one who lives to make intercession for us. All things that the Father hath are mine, Therefore, I said, I, he will take of mine and show it unto you. So the Holy Spirit reveals to us the things that the Father wants us to know. Jesus received the Holy Ghost himself. I told you that Pentecost was a priority. This is my first point. Pentecost is a priority to Jesus Christ. He himself was baptized with the Holy Ghost. In Luke chapter 3. In verse 22, the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So when John the Baptist baptized him in the river Jordan, the Holy Ghost descended in the form of a dove and remained upon Jesus Christ. After returning from the Mount of Temptation, after Jesus left his mom, his dad in Nazareth and went up to the Mount of Temptation and for 40 days fasted and prayed, he came back down into the city of Nazareth, the village of Nazareth it was, and he went into the synagogue. And someone handed him a book. And he began to read from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61 and verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus never preached a sermon until he was filled with the Holy Ghost to do so. He never healed the sick. The first miracle that he did was turning the water into wine. When, and this was after he, John the Baptist had baptized him in water and the Holy Ghost had descended upon him and he came down off that mountain and said, that's me that Isaiah was talking about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach. He did not preach until the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That's a good admonition for us. Don't launch out into some tirade against people's lifestyle until the Spirit of the Lord leads you and guides you and enables you to lead them to Christ and help them to find peace for their tormented soul. The second point I want to make tonight is greater works of Pentecost. Greater works. Everybody say greater works. Power from on high. Jesus said you shall receive power. What are you going to do with that power? Well, it's not just to make you feel good. It's not just to make you do a jig make you show it off. It's not to demonstrate some kind of special manifestation on your part. Power to do and to teach the same things that Jesus began to do and teach in Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. That's what Luke told Theophilus. I'm writing to you to tell you about the things that Jesus began to do and teach. That those things were continued in the book of Acts in the lives of the apostles. I want to serve notice on you tonight. The church world is to continue to do and teach the same things that Jesus Christ did when he was here on this earth. He left it in the hands of the apostles and they spread out over the then known earth and began to preach the gospel and to heal the sick and to do whatever they could to build up the kingdom of God. That's our business. That should be our passion, to fulfill the will of God, what God sent Jesus Christ into this world to do, that men might repent and know Christ and be forgiven for their sins. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, he said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. I want you to understand something tonight. That power is in you. If you have the Holy Ghost, there's something that you may not have released. You may not have unleashed it to accomplish its purpose in your life, but there's some power generated inside of you. Power. Everybody say power. power. It's in you, beloved because the Holy Ghost is in you. And so he has power to release through you with gifts and abilities. He endows you and leads you and guides you to use that power to change the world and fulfill God's mission for your life. I prayed for four little girls that were brought here for the first time this morning The mother chased me a mother chased me down outside in the foyer and said, Come back and pray for these four girls that I brought to church with me today. And as I prayed for them and laid hands on them to fulfill the very purpose that God had, they were little tights. And tears started rolling down the first one's cheeks. And So I said, that's okay. Let those tears come. That means God is softening your heart. He wants you to accomplish what God sent you into this world. And he brought you here today for me to lay hands on you because God's going to release power in your life. Beloved, while we were singing those songs and rejoicing about Jesus Christ ruling and reigning over our lives, we need to release that power that people can be helped, can be blessed, needs will be met. And then greater works. Greater works? Well, let me go back to that thought one more time. That power's in you. Release it. Let it go. Turn it on. I don't mean you can turn it on yourself, but in the name of Jesus Christ, with the unction from above, the anointing from above, and a burden to change our world, you can release that power that's built up inside of you. It's just going to waste if you don't use it. And you need to use it. You need to lay hands on people. You need to witness to people. You need to share what God has done in your life. Release that power. If I don't impress you with anything else tonight, I want you to go home thinking, the pastor said, release. Release that power. Don't just let it be pent up inside until you explode. We want to release that power to change our world. Greater works, yes, greater works. Look at this in John chapter 14 and verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. How in the world could we do greater works than Jesus because it's multiplied through the tens of millions of people, the believers scattered over the face of this earth who are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and people are being saved, people are being healed, the dead are being raised, miracles are taking place and great revival is taking place around the world. You know, unless you read the the right literature, unless you know what's going on in your world, you you don't realize that the rain is falling, the fire has come. And God is pouring out his spirit in the last days just like he said he would. We need to get in on the act. Greater works than these that you have seen me do shall you do because I'm going back to my father. And he's at the father's side. He sent the Holy Ghost, the comforter, and he's not restricted to Jerusalem or Judea and Samaria, but he goes to the uttermost parts of the earth through the believers, and greater things are taking place than they did in the Bible days. Think about that tonight. God is magnifying his own name through the church, the living church of the living God. We're too timid. I want to say that one more time. We are too timid. We're afraid to step out. We're afraid to use that power. Don't wait for a crisis to happen before you ring the prayer bells of heaven and call on Jesus Christ to let the power of the Holy Ghost be released through you. Lay hands on your children when they're sick. Lay hands on your spouse. Lay hands on a neighbor. Go to the hospital rooms and pray for people that are there sick. Visit the jails. Go on the jail ministry, the juvenile delinquency ministry. Be involved in ministry to help people. Release that power. Don't wait for a crisis and you have to say, oh, God, if you don't come, things are going to come to an end. God doesn't want to just pull your chestnuts out of the fire. He wants to put the fire inside of you so that you can pull other people out of the fire and you can change their lives. Have a vision. Pastors talked a lot about vision and about passion. We've got to have a vision and we've got to have a passion to fulfill that vision. God wants us to do things. We're not just to settle down and hang our feet over on the banks of the river and cool our feet in the flowing stream there, but we're to be out marching in the army of God. You know, for so many years, you've seen this church make forward progress. It's because there has been a vision. It's because we have a passion. We want to help people. We want to reach people. We want to change people's lives and let them know that God loves them. The Holy Ghost is in you. Again, I want to remind you, You're not just waiting for him to come, he's already come. We don't have to tarry for Pentecost. Pentecost has already come. We were waiting for another Pentecost to dwell up inside inside of us and we began to speak in tongues and we begin to do the works of Jesus. All that he began to do and teach, we're determined to continue. It wasn't just for the disciples and the apostles to do and teach, but it's for us likewise. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You're quickened. You're made alive. You're energized. You're empowered. You're anointed. You're made effective. Don't be afraid to step out because it's not you. It's the Holy Ghost that's doing the work. He's empowering us to do and teach. Everyone say do and teach. Do and teach teach what Jesus did. Amen. Third point tonight, perpetuating Pentecost. Doing and teaching on and on and on. The book of Acts has not closed. We We don't add anything to the scriptures. The scriptures are complete. But the works are continuing. The teaching of those truths and the kingdom of God, the things that Jesus taught and inaugurated, they are continuing. And you and I are to perpetuate that. Do you know there's a lot of people who don't understand that? There are a lot of people who don't know what their privileges are. There are a lot of people that don't know they're lost. They don't know they can be saved. They don't know they can be filled with the Holy Ghost. They don't know that they can be healed of their sickness. They don't know that they can live a life of victory. They don't know that they can be delivered from drugs. They don't know that demons will be chased out of their life. So we need to do and teach what Jesus has commanded us to perpetuating Pentecost. Don't let it die. Just get in this book of Acts with pastors. He goes through this in his teaching on Wednesday night. And you've been getting it Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then Sunday school also. We're going through it in in the Sunday school classes. The book of Acts, the acts of the Holy Ghost through the apostles. In chapter 2, verse 24, cloven tongues like as a fire. They all spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The utterance was given to them. They didn't imagine that. They didn't learn that. It was given to them by the Holy Spirit. An inner impression to speak these words. When you hear them tonight, say them. It may be one word. It may be two words. It may be in another language. Just praise Jesus. You may be saying that in Aramaic or Greek or some other language. If you only have two words, utter them. The Holy Ghost gives the utterance, but it's up to you to speak. They spoke as the Holy Ghost gave the utterance. Don't wait for the Holy Ghost to speak through you. You do the speaking. It's not the Holy Ghost, it's you. He gives you the utterance. He gives you the inspiration. He teaches you and guides you. Chapter 2 and verse 43. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. The healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful by Peter and John. When Peter reached down, took him by the hand, and God straightened his limbs out. He began to walk and leap and to praise God. He had been lame from his mother's womb. He had never walked before. Nobody taught him to to walk that day. But he began to walk and leap and jump and praise God. Chapter 4, verse 31. When they prayed, the place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. This is the same crowd that was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. They got filled again. There's one baptism, but there are many fillings. You can have another experience of the infilling of the Spirit to give you greater anointing even tonight. Chapter 5, verse 5, beginning. Aenas, Ananias, and Sapphira were smitten dead because they lied to the Holy Ghost, and Peter prophesied over them. Chapter 6 and verse 8 Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles. The deacon out doing wonders and miracles, preaching the gospel. In chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. Philip preaches in Samaria. So many people got saved, he didn't know what to do, so he sent to Jerusalem to come, and they laid hands on the people, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And great joy was in the city of Samaria. And then chapter 8 and verse 17, the apostles came and laid hands on them. Chapter 9, verse 3, Saul saw a light come down from heaven, heard a voice. He said, Who art thou? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. That day Saul of Tarsus was smitten with blindness. They led him into the city of Damascus. Ananias came and laid hands on him and prayed over him. And the scales fell off of his eyes. And he was healed and baptized in the Holy Ghost and called to preach the gospel. Chapter 9, verse 33. Ananias was healed by a palsy by Peter. Chapter 9, verse 40. In Joppa, Peter was raised Dorcas from the dead. In chapter 10, verse 9, Peter preached to Cornelius' household, and they believed and received the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. Chapter 12 and verse 10, Peter was in jail. His chains fell off, and the prison doors were supernaturally open. We're talking about things that Jesus began to do and teach, and he said greater things. We're reading some of the greater things. Chapter 13, verse 11, the sorcerer was blinded by, for a season, and the works of Jesus continued. And then, chapter 14, verse 3, in Iconium, Paul did signs and wonders. Chapter 14, verse 8, the public threatened to stone them. They fled to Lystra and healed a crippled man that had been crippled from birth. Chapter 10, verse 9, Paul had a vision to go to Macedonia and preach the gospel and open up the doors to Europe for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Chapter 16 and verse 14. Lydia, the seller of purple, Pastor Garrett told us about, was converted and opened her home as a place for the gospel ministers to come and meet. Chapter 16, verse 16. Soothsayers were converted. Leaders put Paul and Silas in jail and an earthquake shook the jail apart. Chapter 19 and verse 6 the ephesian believers were baptized with the holy ghost when peter preached to them and they spoke in tongues and chapter 20 verse 9 a young man fell out the window while paul was preaching and paul went down raised he died paul went down raised him from the dead went back up and preached till morning (laughs) i'm getting close to the end of mine Chapter 28, after a shipwreck, Paul and Luke were isolated on an island with the rest of those from aboard the ship. You remember how they built the fire. The viper came out and fastened on Paul's hand. He shook it back off in the fire. He healed Publius, and he healed uh, many people on the island that were sick. And great revival broke out on the island. Chapter 28, verse 9, many on the island were healed by Paul. Paul. We must perpetuate Pentecost. You can't perpetuate it unless you experience it. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost, now's the time. You don't need to waste any time. You need it. It will change your life. It will empower you. I can tell you when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it changed me. It enabled me to do things I did not know that I could do. And I give God the glory Tonight, this church must perpetuate Pentecost. We're not just Pentecostal by name only. We're not ashamed of the assemblies of God. We're not ashamed that we're a Pentecostal denomination. We're thankful and praise God for the message that we propagate, and it will change lives. It will help you tonight. I want you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you something. You might as well give up. If you're not saved, you're not going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God's not going to give you this power and this gift until you get saved. So the first order of business is to give your heart to Jesus. Repent of your sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Earlier, I feel like God spoke to my heart and told me there are six people here tonight that need to get saved. There are probably more than that, but there are six that are ready. And I want you to get ready right now to obey God and come to this altar. Well, I want you to just stand I want everybody to stand, please. And I'm going to pray for those six people. I believe God's going to change some lives right now. You're going to begin a new journey. You're going to begin a new, exciting journey with Christ with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Bow your heads, please. With every head bowed, no one looking around, please. If you're not saved, if you're not sure that you're saved, please raise your hand and say, include me in that prayer. Just, I need to get right with God. I've been running from God. I need to get right with God. Thank you, thank you. You can put it back down. How many more? Just raise it right up and down. There are five more people. You might as well come clean with God tonight. Come on, slip it up, up and down. Don't be afraid. We're not going to embarrass you in any way whatsoever. Slip your hand up. I'm waiting, I believe the Holy Spirit is tugging at somebody's heart. We're not in a hurry to rush by your salvation. That's the most important thing can happen here tonight. You need to get right with God, thank you. How many more? How many more, You slip your hand up. Now Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone who's lost. If they died tonight, they'd go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Lord, we want to populate heaven, not hell. And we want to tell the devil he can't have lives any longer. We want to rescue the perishing. And so I pray that you will continue to deal with those that you have already been talking to until they give their heart to God. I'd like for people in the congregation to repeat this prayer. And if you're unsaved, say it out loud with everybody else. Dear God, I confess my sins. I'm sorry I failed. Please forgive me. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Reign over my life. I accept you now as my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I believe that practically everyone in this congregation will admit that we need more of the Holy Ghost. And we need to fill this altar space tonight and spend some time waiting in the presence of God. So I want to invite you to come right now. Come on. Those of you who are not saved, you come on. Amen. You lifted your hand. Come on down with them. Come on down. Come on down. Everybody come. And ask the Holy Spirit to take over and rule and reign and reveal Jesus and remind us of the things that Jesus began to do and teach. We want to perpetuate that. We want this church to be on fire. We want revival. The power of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. of Jesus praise God praise God Lord there are a lot of people here tonight that may not ever have spoken in tongues and tonight they need to to receive this baptism so I pray right now in Jesus name Lord I pray that you will pour out your spirit in the last days upon all flesh all these people at this altar. Refill us, charge us, electrify us, anoint us, empower us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Start worshiping the Lord. The Holy Ghost will honor the praise you're giving to God. Slip your hands up and praise God and receive the anointing. Receive the infilling. Receive the refilling. Be filled. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank Praise God. Come on,
0: make it your prayer.
1: Make it your prayer.